want to go this is where we go it is where we want to go okay welcome hi after me being in a lazy i think it's been a month since i recorded one of my little short yeah. snippets yeah. um it's just i wanted i had a lot of complaints that people didn't like the one to three hour ones yeah and i get that but and I remember I just heard Rogan talking where he's like, sometimes the conversation juices, they don't even get flowing for the first 30, 40 minutes. And I don't think at any point it ever really dragged. Yeah. So yeah. I started doing those little 15 minute ones if I had a subject, right? And I tried to, like, I meant to do about woman one, but yeah, like, yeah. it feels like everybody dove on it and started like harping on it. So I'm like, let's just, I, I don't know. Like we before we got to this, um, I don't know. I, I watched the trailer and I just went, okay, kind of interesting. But I like the actress that they've picked. Um, I watched her in whatever that orange is a new black or whatever, and she was in. She's in John Wick Two. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. She was one of the assassins or something like that in John Wick Two. But I barely remember her in that one. I remember more her in Orange is the New Black and. She was a decent actress. I mean, she got screwed over kind of in the show, from what I kind of remember, but. She looks for the part. What, for what, what they want for a part. She definitely looks the part. And I think she has that kind of energy about her that she has the right part. But I don't know. Personally, I'm just... I can't get into the TV stuff. Like, I want to sit. I've, I've, I've always been a person that more wants to sit down and watch a movie. Okay. Let me sit down and watch something for an hour and a half or two hours. You decide to do a part two or a part three, I'm fine with that. But I can't sit and watch 20 hours of something and then wait four months for you guys to go off and to produce something else to watch 20 hours of part two. So you're not and a binge watcher? I'm just... There's like a couple a shows I've sat and I've been wa- binge watched. Um, the one I really got into for a little while uh, while I was just kind of resettling my life was uh, Shameless. Okay, I've heard nothing but good. So it was so good, and it but it's so messed up. So it was great to sit and watch and go. This is probably somewhat written off of what somebody's really seen in life. So to me, to kind of rattle out my life and try and figure out where I am again, it was great to watch this total screw up of a family. And you get it, like it's it's fake, and you know it's over the top kind of thing. But when some girl's cheating on her boyfriend and she pops out a Chinese baby that he wants to maybe it like thinks is his and and wants to raise and then the kid comes out and he's chinese it's just kind of like oh wow this is really messed up but kind of fun <laughs> and probably happens a lot more than uh than you really know about yeah. right so i mean that was i don't know i'm a, I'm a reddit addict and i just read kind of random things on there and it is interesting to just to kind of see other people's little spots on life like the one lately i was reading was there was a gentleman talking about how he they were going to the doctor and they were going to see what was going on because they just couldn't have a kid after trying for a year or two and the doctor basically told them like he's infertile right like he has a certain type of mm-hmm. fertility. So they were going to take a look and see what they needed to do. And then about three months later, the wife comes home pregnant. And he's like, what's going on? But the beauty of the internet and even what I liked about Reddit was there's all these people going on and saying, look, this happened to my uncle. This happened to a brother of mine. This happened to a friend of mine. It's actually legit. It was their kid. So weird stuff. You kind of overdo it and overthink it. And maybe you watch too much TV and are kind of looking at it the wrong way in the bad way as opposed to what it actually is. Is This is really legitimate. This is really what's happened. Yeah, the doctors screw up. Yeah. 
what do you do? You go with it, right? So yeah, and we've even had a mutual friend whose girlfriend told him she couldn't have children, and then all of a sudden, like Clay, yeah, and obviously, oh, okay, oh yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. I remember her like from meeting her flat out saying I can never have kids, and then all of yeah. a sudden it's like there's a kid, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think there's two or three now, yeah, yeah. I think but I it's just miracles that's what happen happens in life, right? right? Like so, yeah. and do- I don't know, and it, we. I mean, I'm in insurance and mutual funds and we see a bit of that. And I mean, see a lot of that in life, right? Like a doctor in the end, um, I mean, I hate to sell them short because they by all means work their ass off to kind of get to where they're doing. They're still making a best educated guess they can on what they're doing. They don't have any more or less of a clue than the kid flipping burgers some days. I feel like at McDonald's where he's going, well, I'm going to flip that in two minutes and that guy's going to really enjoy eating it. Whereas the doctor's (laughs) going, well, maybe you got cancer, maybe you don't. He's still making an educated gas base off of what he's learned in the past and whatever yeah. somebody else is giving him data on. They don't have a bloody clue. You go with it. <laughs> our our healthcare is free, so yes. <laughs> I'm never going to bitch. Like, what's the one joke where it's like, oh, I'm Canadian, so I'm going to go get my feelings checked exactly. for free, yeah. right? Yes. Like, yeah. feel free to make fun of me. Uh, when did you dive into Reddit? Like, I've never like. If I see a link to a Reddit thing, I'll go. But like, it's been a couple of years. Holy! And to me, it's the hodgepodge of life. Hmm. That's why I like it. Um, if I want to, like, there's all sorts of little sub sides that go off and do whatever else. So when I had moved into my new place, I'm like, well, I want to make a bed. So I go off and I look at do-it-yourself and there's guys that are like, okay, you buy these two-by-fours and these two-by-eights and here's your frame and here's your what you're doing for a box and here's what you're doing to just try and make this all work out. And I'm like, okay, well, I can take this and I can take this idea from this guy and that idea from that guy and butcher it and throw it together and do whatever I kind of want with it, right? So that gave me good ideas that way. But then Reddit's also gone along and like I said, like... You want a second opinion on something. You want to read somebody's life and their story. You go into relationships or you go into these sub little sections. And I mean, being, I don't know, I'm not as much of a comic book reader as I used to be. But if I want to go off and read, okay, well, what's going on with Batman or in X-Men or in whatever, you go off and take a look at a little subsection of, okay, here's kind of what's happening or here's people's opinions on it. And I mean, there's a lot of, it's it's the internet. I mean, you take it with a pound and a half of salt as opposed to a green sometimes (laughs) because sometimes it's just bullshit but sometimes bullshit's interesting to read and to see and to kind of see what's made up out of it um but even i mean a lot of the stuff i read is probably the more mainstream the front page stuff where it's here's the popular stuff and when stuff is going on like uh in the last little while like the toronto raptors taking off and doing whatever well that's realistically what probably made me more interested in it that i kind of saw it on the front page so often that this stuff is going on and then you see all the side stuff that the guys that are the hardcores that are really watching it and paying attention to it you get kind of their opinion of what's going on and then you kind of go okay well that's interesting to watch what the heck drake's actually doing and what he's doing to kind of support them and it kind of gets you into the bandwagon a little bit and I don't know. It's just, to me, a place where you sit, you watch, and you end up anywhere and everywhere, and you don't know what you're going to end up with one day. Do you treat it as more like your daily newspaper? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say it's my my newspaper, but I realistically should probably be looking at more real news stuff as opposed to a lot of it's just fluff and bullcrap. It's like watching Entertainment Tonight when you're 
trying to watch TV on something, right? Like, but I don't know. Some days you feel like the news is no better, or worse than that too, where it's a lot. But of yeah, crap. that's why I asked that because it always seems like, especially in the states, maybe not as bad up here. But like they always say, like Fox leans this way, yeah. um, CNN leans this way, and so you're only going to get their view of it, right? Kind of like definitely. And so maybe, and that's kind of like. I think that's why YouTube and a lot of people are watching like YouTube videos from independent people mm-hmm. instead of watching the news. So maybe Reddit will be the new newspaper, and, right? And that's what I kind of play with it on too. And, and again, it's like anything else. You want to be educated on something, you try and get it from multiple sources. So this guy might be talking about something on Reddit. Well, maybe you want to do off in Google search and take a look at a couple other places just if, if you're really concerned about it or not reading it the right way. And, I mean, my news, too, I just Google news, see what's going on in the world. They give you a nice, here's a nice big blah of everything that's going on. And if you want to look at sports, you look at sports. If you want to look at more entertainment or science or politics, you get that nice big taste of it, I would say, out of that and anything else. And uh, I don't know. I just realistically it's entertainment yeah there's a lot like, of crappy jokes and a lot of crappy memes and a lot of crappy yeah. other things that are out there it's it's popcorn for the brain so yeah and i think every pop culture thing has its own subreddit right yeah yeah like a video game that i played in 2004 to like 2012 it was city of heroes yeah and it was pretty much oh, yeah, yeah. the superhero world of warcraft right and it died like mm-hmm. it was by a korean company and they didn't understand like it the game only did well in north america and when the majority of your company's um player base for everything else is korea china all that so they when they wanted to invest in other games they kind of killed the one that was the north american hit yeah yeah um but then recently it resurfaced that some guy from the studio when they shut it down in California he gave all the code to somebody and for six years there was a private server that was invite only but they sought people out through reddit Okay, so there was a city or heroes reddit where everyone would be like man like they would just reminisce right but if you showed up enough or got voted up enough and like Show your interest and show that you had that right all the for it. Why not? Right, like it's a great little place to advertise what people want to actually play with and look at. And I don't know, it's such a low, it, it is more of a reading thing to me, like it's me sitting and reading a book, but then it's also like the old school, like I know I used to read the bathroom readers where it's one day I want to sit and read something for two or three pages and the next day I want to read like a 12 or 15 page story. I just, I don't, there's books that I've read that I've sit there, sat there and gone, wow, like these are really good and I'm interested in them and I can plow through them. But to sit and, I don't know, I just don't feel like some days I have the attention span to go off and read a two or 300 page book over a couple, like over a month or a couple of weeks or whatever. And But it's my own my own thing right it's it's a matter of what i like and i guess when i add it all up realistically i'm probably reading as much as that it's just not all focused on one specific area as opposed to like one book as opposed to reading here's 40 different things but i don't know maybe it's just adhd or no and so i get it right you can be like oh what's this oh what's this and that's it i think it equates to that sidebar on youtube 
where oh, yeah. if you watch something, there's going to be related videos and you can just get lost in this never ending like that looks cool. Yeah. That looks cool. Yeah. And just keep clicking. So, yeah, I've just I've never tumbled into there. And whenever it pops up on my news feed, it's genuinely something negative. Right. Yeah. Um, the only positive one I ever heard out of it was when that City of Heroes thing came up because oh, yeah. they would yeah. yeah. kind of secretly like tap you on the shoulder and be like hey install this so you can play your game again yeah, yeah. and um it was insane i remember i did a little thing about it but there was like there was death threats there it was insane right because like some people just get they get so impassioned or like butthurt i guess is the new term for it because they were like how dare you leave me out and so the guy who had this like secret hidden server he had a public twitter profile right and so he just started getting like fuck you how dare you hide this <laughs> yeah, from me stupid um death like but death threats right like the issue with that is that if in the end the guy's coughing up the coin and doing the the grunt work to actually make the server go and keep it up and do whatever servers you're, aren't you're, cheap though no no i mean everyone i don't know good old fight club everyone thinks you're a special unique snowflake right so if they want to go off and play it because they think they're going to be as passionate as whoever this guy picks i mean it by all means he's kind of surrounding himself with like-minded people which always isn't always the greatest thing but when you got something as simple as a game why not like why not use that as a nice little here, let's wean out the people that are going to be jerks on this thing and actually make it fun as opposed to making it everybody and anybody can come in there and then they have those guys that are posting crap on him on Twitter and going, he's an asshole for not letting him share. And they're thinking, well, maybe he needs to play it a little nicer. Well, you know what? Maybe we don't want your kind. So here's my little way of actually taking a look. And the, um, I mean, by all means, you can be as... um, anonymous as you want kind of on reddit or on the internet and to me what i liked about it too sometimes is i know there's people that go off and i don't know they have three or four different names on there and that was i remember reading that a while ago was there was one girl on there and i think she said she was making she was making a decent wage out of doing however wherever but she basically set up like four different personalities hmm on there and that was how she networked and did whatever and worked and she had two or three different jobs based off of this networking on stuff that she liked and there were i mean top down if you looked at it probably relatively close being related that they were writing jobs but she would write about say maybe fashion and then she'd write about computers and then write about i don't know like i can't remember the exact but say write about comic books or something like that they're not something that they're you can find a lot of similarities between those three if you really want to. But if somebody sits down and says they're interested in making a dress, they're not usually interested in throwing a computer together too or helping do network support at the same time. But I don't know. I, I think a lot of the times those are the more interesting people. And I would say even what you probably look for a lot of the times of when you're doing this podcast, right? Like you're looking for the people that have, here's two or three kind of more interesting things that don't relate to each other. But at least then that makes a more interesting person as opposed to one that's just this is it that's done and it's over with and they don't look at anything else so yeah and i pulled the rug out from underneath talking about wrestling a while ago yeah because like i have my i think everyone has kind of their their core interests and that was one of my things kind of spiraling out of 
divorce when I was like, I'm going to be in a 50 50 parent. All of a sudden it's like I have seven days to fill again after yeah. being the hands-on dad all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And so I went back to what did 20-year-old Paul do? Yeah. And I was almost cramming it on myself. Okay. And because I downloaded Steam and I was like, I'm going to video game again. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be able to play yeah. all these RPGs or whatever I want, like eight hours a night and then go to bed. And um, I probably have 50 games on there with like 10 or less hours because yeah. it it wasn't hitting <laughs> yeah. it anymore yeah. for for 40 year old Paul but and it was I don't know how long it took you to sort kind of yourself out as still doing it <laughs> right and it's and still like I still take the I've watched a lot of videos and I the one big one for me is and I know Mike and I argue about him constantly is Jordan Peterson because he has a lot of like get your life in order find oh, yeah, something yeah, yeah, yeah. be passionate about it and kind of go towards it and he's like even if you pick something and it doesn't work out at least you were working towards yeah, something yeah. keeping your mind busy and it's something that's relevant to you and so that's why a year and a half ago I did this right and honestly it has kind of been waning but now recently I've been like listening and reading fitness stuff mm-hmm. and um since we've reconnected, I've maybe lost twenty five pounds, yeah. and I've, and I think that's kind of been my thing now. As I'm doing little science experimenty things on myself, I'm like, what does intermittent fasting for sixteen hours a day do to my body? Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw a thing that said more vitamin B three helps your body burn carbohydrates, mm-hmm. uh, carbohydrates faster. Um, so I started like, like if you look at the things I take in the morning, they're the weirdest. Fucking like yeah, I don't yeah. take the multivitamin, the vitamin mm-hmm. C. Um, if you're a woman, I'm assuming calcium becomes a thing at like forty yeah. ish. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like I don't have that standard array. I've got like extract of grape seeds, mm-hmm. which is called resveratrol. I have vitamin B three. I just started at another like one of the random bees, but that one's selfish because it's supposed to re-stimulate hair growth. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably the, should be using it myself the crowd's it's, starting it's to, go. to go yeah and um like vitamin d because we live in a province that no. winter we don't get any so i but i've been doing like six different things so like my like i cut out almost all sugar all carbohydrates on top of intermittent fasting and on top of taking all these weird supplements so now i'm the same weight i was when i met you yeah and i haven't been that weight since I met you, I don't want to be my weight when I met you. Were you a buck forty? I was like a buck forty. Yeah. So at one one eighty, well one ninety right now, I know I could lose ten or fifteen, and I'd be happy with it. But at one ninety, I'm happy. Yeah. Lose a little bit more. I don't know. As far as I need to, I know what I need to do, and it's just some days a matter of doing it. I enjoy eating. I enjoy food. It's part of what I do in life. But I also try and run. Like I did on Saturday, 11 kilometers. Yeah. So there's a thousand calories to try and make up and do whatever. And I know, personally, anyways, I know been watching and weighing, and I've probably lost four or five pounds in the last couple of weeks just because you got back. I'm bringing the exercise into it, and I'm being a lot more aggressive on the exercise and doing the longer runs. So that just kind of burns the calories, and as well, I mean, you kind of start getting into that 
nice little spiral of going, okay, well, I'm running, so maybe I should eat a little healthier. So you eat a little healthier. Maybe i maybe not doing it seven days a week, but there's two or three days that I would eat better than I would in the past. Mm-hmm. And then that slowly kind of builds up. But you talking about um, doing uh, kind of experiments on yourself, I don't know, that four-hour body, you ever seen that one? Nope. I'll find the book. I'll give it to you. The guy basically did the same thing. Hmm. Um, he went off and... I think he kind of locked out and probably had some, I, I don't know the whole history behind him, but he kind of got into a spot where at least he had a little bit of money behind him okay. and was able to kind of have some time behind him as well. But that's pretty much what he was doing. He was based out of the States and he would go to the doctor and say, okay, I want blood tests done on this, 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 and this. Cause I'm just reading some stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he'd go off and he'd experiment himself on himself for like a month or two months. And he'd take different vitamins or do different things. And then he'd go back and get the blood tests again and see like what levels kind of changed out of himself and then go back at it again and say, okay, here's how I'm going to play around with whatever kind of like, at least those levels anyways. Right. Yeah. But I mean, he, he, what I saw him do a lot of the times too with dieting was the same kind of idea. What like I've seen the rock do, or a lot of those other guys do where it's okay. The whole week. I'm eating healthy. I'm eating clean. There's no, like, it's all greens. It's chicken. There's no skin. There's no extra kind of oomph of flavor and sugar or any of that kind of crap. But there's one day that's a cheat day. So yeah, but The Rock day, eats 12 pizzas. And- <laughs> exactly. And that's what that guy said he would do, though, was he would go off and eat healthy. And then he'd have his one buddy that he was going back and forth with. And it's like, okay, well, this is what I'm eating today. And he would show him a picture of a pizza, a full, like, large, all-dressing, everything, bloody pizza, and a dozen donuts. And he'd sit and hammer that off. And I know I've seen the the rock where it's like he's got this bloody table that's 12 feet long, and it's just food. And that's what he's doing for the day. Pizza and sugar, right? I'm like, I want to throw up looking at it, but... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do have the cheat days. Like, I was already eating clean when we went for nachos what was that like a month and a bit ago and um so like i'm not a hundred percent removing it but i'm making it selective right like oh yeah yeah um but i think that's living life like i think you choose your here's your three four days of kind of okay i gotta worry about my health and eat kind of that way a little bit and then here's my one meal of okay i'm gonna cheat and do this my cheating has probably been a lot more than my eating healthy. So that's yeah. probably been the downside of it. So I know that's where a lot of my weight's been, but I kind of know what I'm, what I need to do. It's just a matter of trudging through it. Right. So, yeah. Maybe. And I've been mentally keeping track too, because like, um, more and more I hear diet has to do with your mental health. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just whenever we get sick, we wipe out all the... We take an antibiotic, right? And we mm-hmm. wipe everything out, the good, the bad in our body. And I feel like I was nuking my body sick, like every six months with like getting sick. Yeah. Um, and so I started either... I've introduced Greek yogurt to my almost daily routine. Yeah, like yeah. that's my salad dressing now yeah. because I know that'll help my gut biome because mm-hmm. I heard... The gut is almost directly tied to mental health now, which was kind of a revelation. Yeah. And when you see how many people are taking antibiotics, just, I don't, in my mind, I'm like, maybe is that Mm -hmm. kind, is that part of the wear and tear on your mind, right? And even just eating, the amount of people that say eating clean helps with mental health, cut out the sugar, cut out 
yeah. they get a little sharper they get a little better kind of out of it and i mean even i see that out of i know my daughter's trying to eat a lot cleaner right now she's 16 years old and i chuckle because every once in a while we talk about stuff and do whatever else and she's like well why were people like so much why did they weigh so much less say 50 years ago like I think was that you that, that posted was that on Facebook where you in, said it was nineteen fifty or nineteen sixty. The average man was one inch shorter mm-hmm. and a buck sixty was the average weight. Yeah. And the average so both men and women have gone up an inch yeah. across the board. But women went up thirty pounds. So women were one thirty on average back then. They went up to one sixty where the men were. Yeah. Men went up to one ninety seven. So that's almost yeah. a forty pound bump in yeah. fifty years. Yeah. On an inch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So but it's insane. But how thick is a forty pound plate at the gym, right? Well, like so yeah. every man has added that. Yeah. And, and you look at the size of people, and I've, I remember seeing pictures, and it's something to, to look at that I find interesting that some days motivates you as well of, here's a pound of fat, and here's a pound of muscle. Yeah. And you see how much density difference there are kind of between the two. Um, but like I was kind of getting at, like the thing my daughter chuckles about, and I hear every once in a while that she says, she's like, we're standing in line at wherever, Walmart, Superstore, grabbing groceries, and she's like, I wish it was like the 1950s. Where, I mean, they kind of had it, but not nearly as much of when you're trying to get out of the store, what's the last gauntlet you're running through? There's the chocolate, there's the candy bars, there's the pop, there's everything right in front of you the that machines, you got to stand yeah. there and get through to get to the till so they can take your 40 bucks of your fruits and vegetables and whatever healthy stuff you are actually trying to eat. But here's five bucks worth of candy that you can stare at too that you can throw into your cart. So instead of having that temptation in there, but again, I mean... It still comes down to your own personal decision of wanting to eat that crap, right? Like I know I sit there and I was bad tonight. I had a burger and fries and I got a Coke sitting beside me and I probably shouldn't have. But it's like, you know, I want to try that place out and see what their food's like. And it was good, but... It's fat burger? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, okay, well, whatever. Give it a whirl and eat something quick before I come over here. And I don't know. It's rainy out. It's dark out. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. Bit, like, but... Like I bought one of those, um, the fancy scales where it measures everything, right? That's what I got now. Yeah. And um, I went through Amazon and I kind of read all the reviews and I found a good one for a good price, right? And instantly I get on and I didn't think I'd be that like, bad, but it's like I was between 28 and 29% body fat. Yeah. Um, My, and it's not fair for me, I think, for BMI because I am six foot two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but my BMI was way higher than like because and it would have like green is good, yellow is you're getting close to being healthy, uh-huh. and it was just like red, red, I've been, red. I've been red for so many years because even I know we had that that we you thing. It yeah. put your height on it and it'd do the body mass index on it, and it's like you are overweight. And I'm like looking at myself or all to anybody else and going, yeah, I got a little on me, but I'm not like. 50 60 pounds like this guy is that's got on me but and then i know i remember i had a guy that worked that i worked with and he was just about the same height as i was but he always weighed 15 20 pounds less than i did and i'm like okay well if that's what i'm supposed to look like i guess that kind of makes sense as well because he didn't look unhealthy but he also was relatively smart in what he ate like his his bad habit was bread and that was it he wasn't a sugar guy like i was 
so he didn't get into the chocolate or the pops or the whatever else so but he always knew that his bread was the the hard part that he had so he just kind of danced around it every once in a while and so i mean it's interesting just to kind of think of okay well this is how bmi is measured and where i'm kind of sitting at and where i should be is more like him but yeah again we make our decisions so my one co-worker said they have a deal on at the university right now where they actually get the calipers out oh yeah and they do like but it's like it's still like a hundred bucks no. but you get a true 100 percent bmi here's the real bmi and i'm BMI. curious yeah. but like the scale seems pretty like days when i like i don't feel good so i grab some chips and dip and lay and watch a movie yeah i watch things creep up over the next 24 hours <laughs> yeah and when i go back to like um, just eggs and avocado for breakfast, salad for lunch, peanuts for my snack. Yeah. Sixteen hours of no eating, things start. You saw it coming back on down. Yeah. So there is something to it, right? Um, and now it's to the point where it's a routine, right? Like I work with a bunch of like fifty, sixty-year-old women. So there's chips, there's cake, yeah. there's cookies. Yeah. Like there's people, always something good around. Yeah, yeah. People come to my floor. For the junk food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I walk by it all the time now. And once a month, we do a thing where we have cake for everyone that has their birthday that yeah, month. Yeah. I either take a tiny piece or I just tap out. It's, it's a moderation thing. Too, yeah. Right? And I, like you can still get your two or three bites and go, I had it. It's good. I didn't need to eat a whole freaking half a cake kind of thing or eat half a cupcake instead of one and kind of slowly chew through it that way. I, just, I don't know. My, again, I don't know. Um, I'd say my only saving grace for myself as far as what's helped me out again has been I just drink a lot of water. Yeah. I always have a great big jug of like your whatever eight cups you're supposed to drink or whatever. Somebody tells you I, I have a nice great big jug sitting at my desk all day long and that's just kind of plow through it. And eventually I get sick of it and maybe I throw a little something in there that's just a flavor shot or there's some other powders I've kind of tried just as a, a flavor thing in there anyways that has no extra sugar in it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think that's helped me more than else of just flushing out and making sure the body has the stuff it needs to flush out that stuff. Yeah. And make sure that, I mean, especially when it comes to running and doing exercise or whatever else, you need to be hydrated. Otherwise, you're just like last night I was lightheaded. But I think it was because I ran 11 on Saturday. I ran a six, uh, yeah, no, the day before. And at work, I got into a point where, I mean, it's great that we have a new person, but I'm training her. So instead of me working and going hard at it for eight hours or nine hours of not having to talk and just kind of do my work that I need to do, here I am trying to train and not shutting up straight for eight or nine hours. And probably feeling a little more stressed because I'm trying to get my work done and train at the same time when you know that person's going to be slower, not going to be able to hammer through your stuff because they're new. Yeah. Um, nothing to do with her being good or bad or sideways. I mean, she'll be great once it kind of gets down. But on day three, you're not running the show. So yeah. I'm not running the show after six years. So <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. But it just, I think I was talking so much. And training so much, I ran out of the time and the discipline to kind of hammer through the water that I had that day. And running here and running there, it's a little warmer out. I was, like last night, I was done. Went home, drank a Gatorade, drank some more water, make sure I was kind of putting through. I feel better today, but it's just, 
your body it tells you stuff right like it, oh, yeah. it it's used to drinking that much water and being able to kind of regulate yourself that way and you don't do that for a day okay well what are you doing we need to get back on track here so yeah and it's kind of funny how like and there's even signals that i didn't notice before like i've been eating so well the other day i was in a rush and i grabbed subway I came home, pounded the sub, and when the carbs hit me, I like I fell asleep. For, and it was like my one good day off alone to do stuff for me, right? Yeah, yeah. And then it's just like, boom, done. Yeah, it was on my birthday because okay, I okay. I just take it off, so it's just this random Tuesday, right? Yeah. And it's like I ran around, I did this, I did some things, I grabbed a sub, boom, lights out, and it, yeah, like once I started digesting it, it hit me, and I'm like, is that the mind frame that I? Did I have that Logi kind of slower mind all the time? Because oh, okay. I was constantly yeah. Yeah. like yeah. toast with breakfast or and a sandwich at lunch. Like that's just your normal, right? Like it's like anything else. It's like somebody living at home in an abusive alcoholic situation. If that's your daily thing that you see all the time, I mean, I don't want to. It's not totally apples and apples of comparing eating yeah. bread every day to that, but. If your situation is really crappy and you're used to it, that's your normal. Yeah. And like you said, like if your situation is that you're used to eating that kind of food all the time, that's your normal. So once you get out of that, you don't, you find out, well, maybe the normal isn't right. Yeah. I guess some days I got to figure that out. So, yeah. And I literally like clockwork every day at two, I would hit a wall and I would just, yeah. And I'd want, I would just slow down and I'd, Pretty much, if I could, I'd nap. Yeah. But it's not an option when you're sitting no. in the office. But every day I'd hit this two o'clock wall. I don't know if it was because I was eating shitty lunches or what yeah. the deal was, right? But like if I ate chicken, it was breaded. If I did this, it had rice. Yeah. Or, yeah. Like, so what every- about now then? Is it better? Oh, I don't hit two walls. o'clock wall? No. Never. Uh, now you're talking to me and eating way healthier because that's what I do right now. Like I can hit a two o'clock wall and curl up in a ball and have a nap for like. This is my only unhealthy vice, yeah, and well, I pound Coke th- zero isn't so bad. I don't know other than the aspartame, I guess. But I just and that the flavor a little bit. Yeah, and I get into the aspartame argument constantly, right? <clears throat> but I I don't know. I I'd still drink regular Coke, and the aspartame argument to me is. I know sugar's bad for me, but I enjoy the flavor of it. I'm going to drink whatever's going to kill me, and at least I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. Aspartame's probably going to kill me too. Whatever other kind of fake sugars are out there, they may kill me as well. I guess it doesn't bugger with you so bad as far as the sugars and the slumps and the carbs and whatever else, but yeah, okay. It's boring, right? Like, I literally get up, fry three eggs. Um, If I have ripe avocado, cut it up put it with that that's my breakfast salt yeah. pepper my little weird regimen of pills and that's it nine ten o'clock i snack on some peanuts at lunch and it's like the salad i try to make it 100 percent spinach for the leaves no because i find um I, well kale's disgusting but like yeah, <laughs> to yeah. me but like just leaf lettuce i yeah. it has no it's just water it's just, yeah there's nothing so in it. Yeah. if i'm gonna eat a salad i'm gonna Get, get a spinach. little protein and get a little right. potassium and then it's just in it. yeah. tomatoes peppers um lots of cucumber I, like i buy a bunch uh-huh. of the english cucumbers um i pour a little oil on it um and then greek or what 
what's the the Greek dressing called? Tzatziki. Oh yeah, because Tzatziki's it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's Greek yogurt and yeah. cucumber yeah. seasoning. Yeah, and to get the healthy bacteria yeah. thing, That's right? The Greek yogurt kind of that. Right. Yeah. So, and I've been eating that salad every day at work for months now. Okay. And then the peanuts are my snack between three and four. I cut myself off. Okay. And then go um, the right. Yeah. Okay. Do it that way. That's and, your that's your eleven or your or your sixteen as opposed to where your eight is. Yeah. Three p.m. to seven. That's what I was wondering about as well. I'm just horribly disciplined in the morning to eat anything. I just don't want to eat. I don't want to make anything. But it's a matter, I guess, of getting up and doing it. But then start with lunch is your first meal, supper, and go. And that's what I've been doing in the la- I'd say the last little while. That's probably helped me lose a little bit too. Is I've been doing the sixteen and eight, but I'll hold off until noon. The worst thing I do is maybe have a coffee, a cup of coffee with a creamer in it. Yeah. Black uh, coffee's fine for fasting. Yeah. Play, plain tea is yeah. fine. But it was that I put creamer in it. So I know yeah. there's I know there's milk and there's sugar in it. So it's kind of it's throwing it off and getting my body kind of going and wanting something yeah. in it. But then I won't eat until noon. And then I try and stop eating about eight o'clock. Yeah. And then so that gets me my 16 to go back to my 8 again and doing it later in the day. But what you're doing and what I, again, this is the conversation I was having with my daughter, is I, I think that's probably a better way to do it if you're trying to lose weight or trying to at least lose fat, right? Because you're starting your day off with eating something and you're stopping at 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock. And then you have kind of that next 5 or 6 hours that you're up and moving and doing something that you're burning it and then going to sleep as opposed to what I'm doing where it's only I have two or three hours of still trying to kind of burn. But then in the morning, I don't know, I think it might, maybe it's a six of one half dozen the other for all I know too. So if I opened up evenings, I would eat horribly unhealthy dinners, yeah. Yeah. breakfast and lunch. I, I can't fuck with them. If I only have certain things in the mm-hmm. house, I still feed Xander supper every night and i mix it up and he gets the mix of like vegetables meat carbs whatever like i'm not gonna do like he'll he still gets he still eats kd once in a while right like i am not gonna hamper him in eating just normal right um i'd like (laughs) if he would get on board but like it's not realistic and that's why i like tinkering with myself yeah and just using myself and also if I had my window open till eight PM, that would open junk food during TV. Oh, and yeah, yeah, I yeah, I need yeah. that gone mm-hmm. because in the when I like I'm up at five thirty six every day, getting ready, waking up. Um, I do like just playing push ups. I have a pull up bar here mm-hmm. in the bathroom door. I've really streamlined what I do, and it's just like core strength training yeah. too. Right, I couldn't do a pull up, and like. It's embarrassing, right? Like yeah. I'm 40, I'm not dead. <laughs> but like Xander's like, oh, "Dad, I want to I want to pull up bar." I'm like, "Cool, we'll order it." I installed it and I hung there. I couldn't I had to jump to yeah. get my chin to the top. Yeah. And it's I don't know. I'm I can't do pull-ups right now, but I know I've worked up before where it's like, "Okay, have a chair there." Yeah. Or hang get, till get two or three kind of going, and then yeah. yeah, and hang there or whatever else. But get two or three going on the chair, and then do three, but maybe do half a one without the chair, mm-hmm. and then do a full one with the chair. And maybe it takes you a month to actually do one, but it is the build up to it. So 
and that's another like when I'm always sitting there going like what has contributed to me getting to pretty much 190 pounds for the first time in yeah. 30 years yeah. 25 years I guess yeah. and it's I wish I would have introduced things bit by bit but I also if I don't go all in I'll probably peter out on yeah, it yeah. right yeah. yeah and so it was like okay start doing push-ups um and there was something I remember reading, and it's like how many you should be able to do at each age. Yeah. Each age. Yeah. And I can't, I think they said a 40-year-old man in like good health should be able to do 20 to 25. I can't. In one In one go. burst. Okay. Yeah, and I, I don't know if I could do 20 or 25 right now in one burst. I push out. I would, I know when I was first sort of running and training, I was doing a fair bit. And what I found worked to build up was just maxing so what i would do is i would get up in the morning i'd max push-ups like right to exhaustion right to whatever you whatever your arms could get you and i mean it might be 10 right you do those 10 you hop in the shower you get out of the shower throw underwear on try and do however many more you could do exhaustion throw your clothes on brush your teeth then do however many you could till exhaustion so you just do three reps till exhaustion and especially if you're at like 25 or 30, I mean, realistically, even once you get up to 25 or 30, you're doing 100 push-ups, and it doesn't take that long to do them. But again, it's a matter of that choice and that discipline of of doing it. And I know right now that's what I'm lacking. So yeah, and I don't push to exhaustion. I just know where it's like your body tells you yeah, like yeah. you have two more you and then have. you're done. Yeah. So when I feel that it's like. You're approaching one or two more. Yeah. I stop, but then I do it throughout the day. Okay. Um, I keep talking about it, but Rogan had on um, George St. Pierre's trainer. Yeah. And they went through this amazing thing that I'd never thought of where he's like, everyone that does it to exhaustion, they're sore for a few days, right? Yeah. So like your chest hurts, your legs, whatever you work out. And he's like, no, you don't do that. You go 75% to exhaustion okay. every day. Yeah. So you're not doing push-ups Monday and Thursday to exhaustion where say you do 20 mm-hmm. and then you're sore for two days. He's like, you do eight every day of the week. And he's like, by the time you get to the end of the week, you've done 200 because you've done every day you've and you're never, kind of and you're never sore. Yeah. You yeah. don't have to recover yeah. or push hard two, three days a week. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was weird that I've never heard that theory before where he's like, do it to like never work to exhaustion yeah but see how that works and i probably thinking about it it's probably kind of what i do with the running too like i've i've gotten more or what's been easier to get into the running again is just stupid things on my phone where it's like okay day one is you're walking for a minute you're running for a minute do that however long and you're maybe doing three kilometers and now like i said saturday it wasn't I think I took a two breaks, but at a I did eleven k, and I haven't done eleven k probably for year, two years, two hmm. years. But that's I mean I'm feeling it right now. Like my legs feel it still a little bit, but I know I have a day of rest. Run a six, take another day of rest, run a five, and then probably by Sunday I'll try and run another ten. Yeah, because I'll have that time to kind of build up. Um, 
but same kind of idea. Like I, I think most of it is that I built up to this point because I never hit full exhaustion mm-hmm. that even when I go off and, um, well, Dave Gain, he gave, gave me a shout a little while ago. So we've been running once or twice together kind of thing. Oh, nice. And it's been interesting because he runs different than I do, right? And so when you find somebody, he's about the same height as I am. I know he's got less weight on him than I do. But I would say, yeah, he probably in that first 5K runs slightly faster than I do. But um, I also know that after 6 or 7K, he's going to die. And I'll still keep going out after that. But I know even there was one day where we ran and it was, say, four and a half, five K we went through. We got to the last little bit and he's like, okay, let's see who can run the fastest from, like, say, from here to Broad Street, which is like, what, a half quarter block kind of thing. Yep. And I was gone and he was not moving. But it's because I still had the stamina yeah. to keep going after because I could keep going at it. And, yeah, he might beat me on the short, but I'll keep going on him on the long. So Yeah. But that's just build up and a lot of it's just mentality, right? Like if you quit at a certain spot, you're done. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when I took Krav, that was what the greatest thing was, is you kind of find your limits a little bit, but to know in my brain that I'm totally dead and exhausted. Cause I remember when I took my level two test, I was sick. Like I just wanted to stand up and throw up, let alone stand there and get punched and kicked and choked for two and a half hours from exhaustion i was sick i had the flu oh (laughs) i thought you meant to push yourself no i went in and then i had to take the test and like the instructor guy he's like you can quit but we're not having this test again for another six months or year whatever it was and i'm just like okay fine i'll get through it well after about hour two bathroom throw up go back out finish off the last half hour 45 minutes i felt horrible for the guy that i was with that day because you get partnered up with somebody right i felt horrible (laughs) hold (laughs) on that guy exactly (laughs) and like i've heard where people have gone off and like done that for two and a half three hours and wanted to puke and been healthy but what i found that was great out of that was going like that was saturday i didn't feel like running that much i got five hours of sleep that night I had other crap going on, so my brain was running on other stuff. But I'm like, no, I need to run. I know I need to run 10K. Got to about kilometer eight and a half or nine, and somebody through the park over here at Wascana, for whatever reason, had wrote a whole bunch of like, I love the smell of flowers. They're my grandma. They There's this, there's that. And then the one of them I remember seeing was I got up to about K eight and a half, and it was like, okay, if not now, when? Okay, I'll run the 11. I saw those. <laughs> yeah. So that was what made me push to get to yeah. the 11 as opposed nice. to I could have stopped at 10. But that gets into knowing, okay, well, if your mindset is there that you can push yourself, then you push yourself. I think you still need to be relatively aware of, you know what? My ankle hurts and I can't do it. Like my six that I did a couple days ago, I did it. I hate running after eating. And now I know why for sure is I had just made something really simple where it was just wraps, cream cheese, um, broccoli. There was some shaved ham on it kind of thing. And I had two of those. 
hour hour and a little bit later i went to go for a run and i knew it was a short like a 6k shorter run kind of thing and i'm like i should be fine whatever i'll go and do it well first kilometer i'm like wanting to throw up broccoli (laughs) (laughs) and that's not motivational when you're wanting to run so you just kind of plow through it and i kind of chuckle because there was one guy i caught just as i started to run and I love the mentality that runners have and bikers. I kind of see them do it too. And I even see that same kind of camaraderie with motorbike guys and car guys. Um, like having my little, the, the Healy, I, I see that too, where when I ran two days ago, I chuckled because there was one guy and I got up to him and I saw him go over to the side and he grabbed some water kind of thing. And then I passed him and then I probably ran for about three quarters of a K and then I was cramping up again and my stomach just wanting to throw up. And then he passed me. And then as he passed me, he gave me like the rock and rolls kind of sign. To, like, <laughs> you're doing good, buddy. Like, keep running. Yeah. And then I kind of stayed behind him for the rest of the other three or four K. Um, but that, I mean, that's what I was half dancing around there is it's it's neat to see that camaraderie of people that you don't have a clue who they are you don't know what their name is you don't know where they live you don't know what they do you're never probably going to see them again in six months but i see it with motorbikes you see the guys go off and give the high or the hello kind of low the low hello on the motorbikes um i drive by a guy and it doesn't matter what it is sometimes if it's a 57 chevy or a camaro or an ss it isn't just British car guys that I'm kind of going by and they're giving a quick little wave and it's just neat to see that mentality and I always see that with the joggers too like Hmm. I would say 80% of the joggers that I go by they give the little head nod or they give the smile or they give the wave or they give the whatever and like I said you're never going to see these people in your life (laughs) but it's cool because they're like you're doing what I'm doing you keep going and, and I mean you can make up whatever story you want to in your head uh, when they do that, of that's really what you're trying to give them is good job, keep going, keep plowing along, as opposed to having like a, a friend or a buddy that you aren't talking to. And like like what I'm doing with Dave is I'll go for a run, take a snapshot of what my app tells me I did and how fast I ran and where I did it kind of thing. And I'll send it to him. And that kind of, he pokes me every once in a while and I poke him every once in a while. So you kind of have that little coach that's going back and forth. Yep. And the same thing with you and eating, right? Like you kind of have somebody that's kind of pushing you along with it. But I just, I always find it interesting that here's these group of people. You don't have a bloody clue who they are, but they give you the wave. They give you the high. And then I chuckle on top of that because here I am. I know I'll go to Wascana and there's the walkers, there's the runners or joggers, and then there's the bikers. And then there's the occasional whatever else, like the rollerblade guys and whatever else Mm -hmm. kind of poking around. But I chuckle because if I kind of give the head nod to a bike guy, I'm not going to get it back as much as I will a jogger. Hmm. If I kind of walkers, you don't even talk to them. You don't have anything to do with them because they're just there to walk, right? (laughs) Yeah. And it's great. Like all of us realistically are on the same mindset of here's exercise. Here's something to kind of get us outside. We all enjoy the, sh- the, the trees and the water and dodging the geese shit that's all over the fucking road. But we're all there for the same idea. But it's kind of neat how there's those subclasses of people of you're a jogger. You're on my team. We're going to wave. We're going to push each other. Away we go. Biker. Eh, okay, whatever. I'll kind of wave to you. We're, we're good. We're kind of move forward for that. I mean, there's some of them that are good, and there's some of them that say hi, but not. And the walkers, you just have nothing to do with them. Is it fuck you? You can coast when you're tired. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How dare you? You have wheels. Exactly. Fuck you. Uh, 
yeah, like jogging, I never got it. Um, and now that I'm older, like I'll fully admit my hatred of jogging and my <laughs> unwillingness to do it. Yeah. That is a hundred percent why I never went further in the basketball program. Yeah, yeah. Like I was on the cusp of it, but <clears throat> when I played basketball, it allowed you to put your foot down on the gas to sprint where you needed to be rest. So it was like you're hammering the gas down and then yeah. you're off and yeah. then you're hammering the gas down and you're off. Yeah. And when you got to like whatever hour or minute 30, I was done. Yeah. Like I could still do the sprinting, but um, my mental and there's studies that show when you're out of breath, your skill at whatever you're doing, it tanks. Yeah. And I've learned these things later in life. And it's like, that's why when you watch, like if you watch the Raptors, right? Like at the end of the game, the truly conditioned guy also, he has, he's not out of breath. He's thinking clearly. His yeah. brain's yeah. still getting full oxygen. Yeah. He'll make that shot. Yeah. And that clutch shot. And like, in retrospect, that's what I was missing, right? But I just, I don't know why I've had this perpetual, like, n- unwillingness to jog. It's it's not exciting. It's not sexy. It's not... I do it because one... Well, when I was going through divorce and personal shit and whatever else, it was kind of like reading, here's the cheats that you do in life. In order to get your body going, you need to get your your muscles will release happy... It's serotonin. Serotonin. There we Warm muscles for the word. make serotonin. Your, your, your muscles are making serotonin. What are your biggest muscles you got in your body? There's your ass and your legs. Yeah. Run. That is the easiest way you can kind of get those, that kind of moving and get your blood flowing a little bit. So to go off and spend a hundred bucks or, I mean, if you buy, I've spent like 140, 150 bucks on a decent pair of shoes after running some stuff. You spend $30 on a Bluetooth headset and you got your phone all the time. I yeah. mean, in, in the world we live in now where we have a phone with a GPS on it, you go off and find two free apps in the app store. You've spent 130 bucks, and there's your therapy for three months. Because yeah. you know in the end, it's you that has to kind of make the choices of what you're going to do for the next step. And you can, same thing with Reddit. Like that helped me out a lot on reading stuff and seeing what other people are doing and definitely made me focus a lot more on what I kind of found. Okay, well, focus on yourself. If you're a parent, focus on your kids kind of thing. And then after that, everything else is just kind of gravy, right? And sometimes if those things kind of muddy things up, well, then yeah, maybe you don't want to focus on those quite as much as what you should of yourself and your kids, right? Because those, to me, are the two big responsibilities. Um, if you're having a relationship with somebody, well, that you need to make sure that that's giving you good things as opposed to worrying about kind of everything else that's going along with it. Um, but I mean, again, the jogging just kind of put that serotonin out there. It gave me that kind of little push of... I know in the end, I need to have that argument with myself of what I did good, what I did bad, how this relationship worked out, how that one didn't, what I could have done better, what I could have done worse. And I don't know, for better or worse, I am somebody that's perpetually stuck in my head as far as what's going on and what conversations I'm having. So going out and having a run, you get to a point where, I mean, like you're talking about with the Raptor guys, I bet you they end up on autopilot right they do those drills they do those things so many times over and over again 
they think about it a little bit, but not nearly as much as they used to. And it's the same thing with running. After a while, you get to kilometer, some days you get to kilometer two and it's just coasting. You don't even, I don't even know my legs are moving some days. And those are the times when I go back and I'm done. I'm like, that was a really good run because everything just shut off. And maybe it's like meditation where you just kind of find that inner balance and everything just kind of works out and you flow along with it. And here's four or five minutes where you just, everything stopped, you're breathing. You weren't even thinking. It was just nice, meditative, free flowing away you go. It's, and yeah. That's, that's what I found kind of that was easier with running to do because it was cheap it was easy to find to do and realistically i mean i've ran anywhere i've ever gone i've always made sure i had shoes with me i ran in california florida bc i one of the nicest runs i had was i would say when i went with my my older daughter to um, stanley park in vancouver and went for a run around the outside piece of that like she set the pace she's four or five inches shorter than I am female so not as strong younger so kind of has a little bit more stamina out of certain spots than I do so let her set the pace and go with (laughs) it and just enjoy the view yeah and like what you said those days where you don't even notice you're running you get um it's funny I listen to psychological lectures in the morning now because I'm completely lame whatever (laughs) but and it's a lot of it is just like Jordan Peterson lectures because he's always about like finding the that place of meaning right yeah. and he talked and he said that's why athletes call it the zone mm-hmm. and he said there is like a psychological term where it's this zone of optimal production yeah where it's it's still it's challenging enough that you want to keep going yeah. and it makes you better but it's not too hard to make you want to quit and you get in this place where you're like just and it keeps going and going um i know with basketball there's distinct days from when i was when we were in luther and we would go play basketball in our spares or whatever is it called whatever Whatever. yeah (laughs) but yeah there would be those days because it's like you said repetition right like the raptors have probably shot a free throw a hundred thousand times in their life and it's that you could probably close your eyes and go and i would have been there it's like i've shot from this point 30,000 times in my life but I distinctly remember those days where I and it's eerie like I know who was with me I know who I was playing with yeah. at, when I hit the zone yeah. because especially with sports like that or at least for me I didn't hit that zone very often mm-hmm. you try your best you play whatever yeah. but I would hit those days where it's like I wasn't getting tired. I was jumping to the right place. Like my form was a hundred percent and it wasn't touching the rim. It was like swish, yeah. swish, yeah. swish. You just knew where it was. Yeah. And it, and it helps you mentally too. Cause then you're just like, I don't want to go home. I don't want to stop yeah. this. Yeah. And it's an amazing, and I, well, I don't know the last time I've been there with anything. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's nice to hear that. That's jogging. why I've jogging has got has given that to me sometimes. It doesn't give it to me all the time. Some days it is a okay, here's a 40-minute chore that I'm going to go off and do. And some days it's the mentality. You go out there and say it's a 40-minute chore and it turns into a 12-minute chore and a 15-minute in like at least interest, something of interest, and then a 13-minute chore of trying to cool down or finish the last yep. of it off. It's just, yeah, it is nice to find that little Zen spot, right? Of just going with it and enjoying it. And the, 
I don't know. That's why I, I'd love to. I think I kind of hit it every once in a while, and I've think I felt like I've totally locked out. But anytime I've signed up for like the Queen City Marathon, the days have been beautiful. And to go out and run at seven thirty, eight, eight thirty, or whenever the runs start, I just I felt like I've hit those kind of little Zen spots of. It's beautiful out, the sun's shining, there's people around you that are all like-minded, all trying to do the same thing. You have support, you know you got a backdrop that, you know what, if you injure yourself, there's a guy at least on a bike that's going to get somebody for you. And yeah, I mean, you got your cell phone with you and you can kind of live off of that now. But I don't know, I, I think those three that I've been in, I've just totally enjoyed because again, it, you just hit those little Zen spots a lot easier. Is that what they call like joggers high? Yeah, I, I would say something like or that. runners high yeah, or whatever. Runners high, it'd be something like that. Yeah, I've heard that just, term where yeah. it's like, and it's guess. probably their version of the zone, right? Yeah, like yeah. every athlete hits the zone, right, for yeah. whatever yeah. their thing is, and it's it's fickle because you don't pick when you're in the zone. It just kind of like just you said happens, right? Like you, it's just a, a Zen meditation thing yeah. where you're just in the right, like you said, you're in the right mindset with the right people with the right day and who knows i mean maybe that day was the day that you put in three extra spinach leaves in and it gave the extra pump but you didn't know you did it (laughs) you can go back the next day with the same people find the same other people at the park or at the gym and you just can't find it yeah 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 and it's yeah it's pretty cool i forgot about the term runner's high until you but um have you looked into the because i think we talked about this when i did a float tank i looked at it i I'm starting to get up to a point where I probably could do it. I, like I said, I think too much. I'm too much in my head. Yeah. I would probably drive myself crazy to a bit, but I'm thinking right now that I probably could get to it. I don't know why. And I think it was just you talking about it and encouraging it anyways, right? It's cool. But if I had done it like when I was married or immediately post-divorce, yeah. It would not have gone well. Yeah, yeah. Like one hour perpetual darkness, um, the water's body temperature. So you literally think you're floating. Yeah. And the tub's so big that you don't touch the edges. So you're pretty much in like body temperature space. Mm-hmm. And you dictate the lights. So like I kind of left a little bit of light on. Okay. But for what I think was half the time but you don't know yeah yeah. and then halfway through i was like fuck it i need the full experience i hammered the switch (laughs) and then i don't know how often you're in a place that's it's so dark you don't know when your eyes Mm -hmm. are open and that's another that's another thing to experience okay so 100 sensory deprivation yeah um it's yeah the timing was good for me but I've done enough life hacks and just, like I said, watching psychology videos. I find Joe Rogan super motivating and helpful, right? Like, he's a very, well, he's rich, but like, (laughs) he wasn't always, like, his history is not the brightest thing, right? But like, he's so positive. And when people try to be negative, he's just like, fuck them, don't hang out with them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. And like, part of seeking you out again in my life was like, the whole thing of like surround yourself with like-minded people who want to see the best for you and i don't think i had that when i was restaurant guy okay it was people that wanted paul the entertainer who gets drunk after work or like paul's really funny when and it's like i got tired of being the dancer like yeah yeah like 
it's i mean there's people that do it and they do a fine job of it but and i know i don't know okay i know and i don't know there's a freaking nice little sentence there for you <laughs> um I, I see myself a lot more where I, like you said, you play that kind of part a little bit. But again, it gets feeds back into the beginning of the conversation as well of that's just the way I like to be, though. I like those little times where it's like, okay, here's something weird that I haven't gotten into before of maybe I am out there a little more, a little louder or kind of being the entertainer. But for the most part, I'm just kind of myself and do whatever I need to to kind of get through what I'm needing to get through. Um, like the month ago, wherever I had kind of my little housewarming or people over, whatever. It's been a while since I did something like that where there's here's 12, 13 people in my house that are all kind of different, different parts of my life and different kind of aspects of where I sit in life. And I feel like I need to entertain them all. So it's nice to be in the middle of all that. But I mean, like you said, I mean, you can only do it for so long. It can only like I, I only have the mentality to do it so long. I know there's people that I've seen in the past or seen in the present that they do that all the time. And they and to me, it would just exhaust me to be that way all the time. Yeah. I also think that I treated the restaurant industry like that's how I medicated myself wow. because you walk in. And it's it's a busy restaurant. Like I always worked at pretty insane places, mm-hmm. BPs, Moxies, yeah. um, always busy. So then my brain didn't have time to think. Retail, yeah, Staples. anything where it's go go go. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you're like, wow, I wasn't stressed because a I was pumping out serotonin because I was on the fly, yeah. and b my mind didn't have time to spin. And then the second I got done, it's it's beer o'clock, right? And like. I think I did take that nervous kid from before we all moved into mm-hmm. Luther College. Um, and I just, I medicated is the way yeah, I'd view yeah. it now. Like I, I drank away the fears, the anxieties. And I think that's why after all the other chuckleheads failed out of first year, you and I became like... At least, unless I see it differently, I think we became the focus in the second year because mm-hmm. we outlasted it and we were fun yeah. people to be around. And I always think we got surrounded by a really great cast of other people yeah. in our quads, like Neil. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. I'm still thankful I met that guy because yeah. he was so different. He was older. Yeah. Uh, he had a different view of the world and he was just a cool, rational dude. Yeah. Um, Cam, I wish I could chat with that guy a lot more than I do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I guess just, you saying Cam, I'd like to thank Cam right now for listening to this 120 times <laughs> just to get my numbers up. <laughs> June's pretty we'll low. <laughs> He's. We would also thank. Uh, oh, why did I blank? Mel for almost buying us lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, that was. I don't know. That was interesting. That was fun, actually. I really. Yeah. Same thing. I, I'd like to thank Mel for that. For those of whom are listening and weren't involved at the table at the time, we had a friend of ours. Well, the four of us went out for nachos and decided to post on our Facebook, blah blah blah, that we were out for nachos and. An equal friend of the three of us, basically, who lives out in BC, tried to phone the restaurant and pay for our nachos. And I don't know why I wasn't freaked out about as much as I probably should have been. 
but when the waitress came up and said, "Are you, are you Nathan? Are you Paul? Are you, are you Nathan? Yeah. Are you Mike? <laughs> are you Kyle?" For some reason, that didn't bother me. Because <laughs> she was hot. Well, that would help. Um, but then, yeah, she Mel was trying to pay for our nachos that day, so that was a nice, interesting story, at least for the week. So no, and but yeah, I also dwell on that day a little bit like i don't dwell on a lot lately but i don't know why being around you and kyle again and having kind of melt texting in her whatever yeah her thoughts and her comments i that felt more genuinely me than i think i've been in okay 20 years which that's good that's nice. frust- yeah. no but it's frustrating so i need to start making the effort to hang out with you guys more often like i know <laughs> did i tell you the one day i walked in the food court and kyle kind of was having lunch with his work friends he yelled yeah. out he's like am i not good enough for your podcast <laughs> <laughs> and at the time it's like jokingly you want to be like well yeah <laughs> but he would be another good one to bring in here because yeah. we've known each other so long and i think the the key piece for me is we could be a part like you and I went through marriage, family, divorce and didn't know each other the entire time. Right. Yeah. And I feel that we didn't skip a beat yeah. sitting down and chatting again. Yeah. And I don't know how many of those connections I've made since then. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's super cool. Like hang out with Kyle, you when Cam came here, how long has he been away from Regina? Right. And yeah. we sat yeah. down and it was boom, bang away you go. Yeah. But I think that's a bit of mentality too of, uh, again, getting into your 40s and going, whatever, we'll just, whatever happened, happened, throw it out the fucking window, move forward, and then away you go. And to actually have a bunch of people kind of sit around and like, even like I, I was kind of, well, I was giddy that we were that I had all those people kind of over at the house at the same time because it's like well it's been a while since I felt like I had people that just came over to hang out and be friends with and I don't know maybe it's a big sob story that I'm sitting on right now but it's just it's neat to have people from all different aspects of your life that you've known for 30 years and some you've known for two or three and some you've known for 10 or 15 and on and off again right that I think the mentality just kind of comes in of not just not giving a crap anymore and going, you know what? You weren't too bad of a guy to hang out with. We had good conversations. Realistically, whatever happened that we didn't talk for however long, who gives a shit? It really wasn't that big of a deal. So let's just move forward. Yeah. And I don't know. Probably part of it as well as back then in in your 20s or in your kind of earlier 30s, you're kind of very focused on that eat, sleep family repeat eat sleep family repeat and you kind of get stuck in that little i don't know loop of whatever you want to call it you can call it a good thing or a bad thing and some people live in it and thrive in it and some people don't do so well in it yeah no but no and it's it was amazing because yeah like the second we sat down in the brew house and started going and mike fits in perfect like he's a great find by you for someone to hang out with all the time and what i like is him and i are pretty i wouldn't say polar opposites but like our kind of belief systems are pretty different no you have you you have the same belief systems but i think you guys both have the same 
energy and interest at least of trying to learn other things as well right and that's always been the aspect that i've looked at of again feeding back to the beginning of it that's why i like reddit that's why i like talking to lots of people that have lots of different interests um i do tend to sit in the back and sit and listen and learn i remember a long time ago having a physics prof where i was sitting in there and they're trying to figure out how to do this and that and whatever else and they were just figuring out the basics of it, right? How to do the the math that goes along with it and trying to understand the concepts that are behind it. And there was maybe eight people that kind of stuck behind, sat and talked to that prof. And the person that was a chair or two chairs over for me looked at me and it was quiet in the room and said, well, do you have a question for the prof kind of thing? Like encouraging, like thinking that I wasn't encouraged enough to go off and challenge and ask what questions Please I need to speak up exactly yeah. speak up here you go here's your time here's whatever maybe you're one of these people that are way introverted that you kind of need that little extra push a little do they know that I'm not that person um, <laughs> but the prof right just straight out called it for what it was he's like you know what no him I know what he is he's a leech he goes in there he listens to what you guys say and how you guys do it and then understands it's a little bit better in a little bit of a different way and then learns from that. And that's always, to me personally, the way I felt like that I've learned crap. I just sit back and watch and listen and learn. Sometimes pipe up every once in a while to try and get my head around something. But realistically, I'd rather sit in a room and, with you and Kyle and Mike and watch you guys blah, 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 but whatever. Because then I'll just going to suck it in and just kind of learn from that as opposed to, I mean, yeah, I go off and I read whatever, but I'm going to learn a lot more from sitting and talking and learning and doing it than anything else. So, but that's what I like to do. And I don't know, like you said, like you and Mike get along relatively well, but I know that Mike's gone off and um, said to like a girlfriend of mine that, you know what, Nathan is a guy that's in the corner and he's quiet. But he probably sends me the most screwed up shit that you'll ever see, too. So <laughs> don't be totally thinking what he's showing is what he's doing. Like yeah. There is some weird crap that is out there, too. But it's just, again, I think it's just learning and seeing what else there is out there in life. And it's not that I have to live it and experience it. There are things that I like to live and experience. But I just need to see different things and what other people do in life. Because it's, I don't know, just an interesting world. Yeah. So in retrospect with the dorm thing again did you like or not like when we kind of became the center of attention i guess in my brain i don't even know if i ever felt like i was the center of attention out of that i may have been a lot more than i was where when i think about it after it's like okay yeah we did this we did that maybe we had a little more people talk about us or hang out with us or party or drink with us than like the first year i don't the first year we didn't because we were a part of that unit but like melby went away Mm -hmm. um kevin went away like a whole bunch of them went away either apartments quit school whatever and then when you and i came back or i could be remembering horribly wrong but i felt like there was a bit of pressure on us to be like the like not leader but like kind of a focal point at least point. the pushing the pushing yeah. of what's going on yeah, yeah like i guess i could see that because there was always those point, like but... there was the first floor assholes mm-hmm. but then i felt like we were the kind of and before cool nerds happened right because yeah, we, we were all nerds we in were our... more the steve gutenberg of luther kind of thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
No, but like when you think a whole pack of nerds like that, like yeah. the fact that anyone came around to spend any time, time with, with us, us and yeah. hang out, true, right? True. Like it's weird. And I think I maintained that kind of sense with my restaurant stuff too. Mm. But it's so funny that it's like when I drop drinking, I drop the industry and everything, everyone just kind of disappears. Yeah. And you kind of learn who your friends are. And oh, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to view myself as like, that was Paul the dancing monkey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh? He'll yeah. be a good time later. Yeah. And it's like, where do you. And I guess some days I feel like I'm the dancing monkey and not drinking. Right. But See, I haven't and, then, and then other days where I sit back and just sit and watch whatever everyone else is doing. So yeah, it's a mentality that I have and where I feel in the day. So yeah, I also find it horribly offensive when I do say something. Now somebody will be like, "Oh, you're kind of funny," and I'm like, <laughs> "No, I'm fucking hilarious. Uh-huh. I just don't open my mouth anymore." Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I wanted to talk to you about. Trevor, because we were chatting yeah, about yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we need to go see his improv sometime. That would be awesome. Um, I need to touch base with him and see if he wants to do this again. Yeah. Because um, he's so- always entertaining. He's always been out there. He always right. had some really weird, kind of odd things. By all means, he was, to me, more of uh, the film group, right, that Dave was involved with and those kind of guys were involved with. Um, yeah, no, I'd be all over watching. I, I love improv, I love watching that kind of stuff. Some days I wonder if I should give it a whirl kind of thing just, and just for the heck of it, right? Yeah. But Because when I asked him, he was like one of my first five podcasts. Yeah. And it was just, I he was someone I liked that I wanted to catch up with. And I think we had finished recording and I was like, I really think that stand-ups on my list of things that I think I could do mm-hmm. and actually not just bomb the fuck out of it. Like, yeah. I think I have enough... Like between my delivery and just shit yeah. that's happened in my life, I think I could throw something out that would make a room full of strangers chuckle. Yeah. Um, and he just went, "Well, I'm in an improv group. You should come out." And I was just like, "Hmm, mm-hmm. it's kind of a cool thing." <laughs> and I'm like, "Group, no, but yeah, I start." And I would rather do it that way. I think I would rather have the group because I don't know the stamp well. It takes a lot of balls to stand up there and be a stand-up guy on your own. Because like, I watch, I've, I mean, I stay my idea as you, right? Watch a lot of comedians, see whatever. And the last little bit, again, I've gotten back into a kick in Norm McDonald, who, like they said, he has such a great little wisdom and a nice little kind of brain set of, he walks into a room and you see him and you look at his face and you go, he's going to tell a joke for about 12 minutes and it's going to be a good joke and it's going to have a good punchline, but he's going to sit and tell a joke for 12 minutes. And he walks up there and says two lines and walks off because he just throws everybody off all the time. Yeah. That to me takes a lot to kind of stand up there in front of somebody and not have another person to lean on to kind of keep the ball rolling. Yeah. So you have those three or four and you can... By all means, you it's a trust issue, right? You got to trust those two or three other people that they're going to feed off of what you're going to give them. So there's a fear in that as well because they could just look at you and totally abandon you and you're just stuck there standing in the corner. Yeah. Because I've, well, I mean, even, I mean, if you, 
I, I, I should, I, I need to kind of figure out life a little better some days I feel like, and maybe that's my excuse, but there was actually, um, my daughter is an improv, my, my younger one, my 13 year old. And so I went in to watch her improv, whatever it was. And it was funny because I walk in there and one of our clients is in an adult improv group. And then, so they had this adult improv group with six people. And it was great to see that kind of go off. And here's somebody that I know is, I don't know, older. She's old. I know she's older than I am kind of thing. Maybe five years, 10 years, kind of hard to say. And then there's also other people in there that are maybe in their 20s and 30s. And then you kind of start seeing and feeding off of what those relationships are. And you see, well, there's those two. And they're either in a long-term relationship or married or whatever else. And then there's the other five that are in there just kind of thrown in with them. And it's neat to see the couple relative to the other five and how they kind of go back and forth <laughs> off of each other. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. I, I should really. That's more what I should sign up for is just, okay, here's the mentality. Here's kind of maybe a little bit of pushing of it's nice you have those off to the side. Great thought processes of just going left right and center kind of thing but here's how you can really develop that in improv at the globe kind of thing yeah and i do believe that i'm quick-witted like i can come up with shit to say Mm -hmm. um i'm not stupid but my my differential like between like doing stand-up by yourself and doing an improv group I don't know, and it's a horrible thing to be hung up on as my reason why, but like, I don't think Sober Paul can clip it off fast enough because I don't, like, I think there's a mental block for me somewhere Mm -hmm. that like, I would be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't flow. Yeah. Whereas I've already started writing what I think would be a funny routine and I'm tinkering with it and I already have it in my head. Like, there's one and I people who know me will know that like my wrestling stint i think it was a tremendously hilarious story that ended like i broke my leg Mm -hmm. in my debut and i think the whole story of that is thoroughly funny and entertaining right and i've been trying to craft it into a story that has like little detail something funny little and just but i need somewhere to like deliver it with people i don't know mm-hmm. and i don't know i like being I able know to there's s- random stand-up places in town that actually you can go off and do it because i don't know who i i'd have to dig a little bit and say and see but they're like oh yeah this person's wife does it and everyone's like really because they know the wife and she's relatively quiet and the only thing that the husband said he's like i'm not allowed to go <laughs> and because i think it's just like you said if you had a nice empty like not an empty room and a room of people of that are just complete unknowns. Give me 25 to 50. Yeah. Just yeah. here you go. Flow and away you go. And at least, you know, those people are there to laugh, laugh. Yeah. Right. And that was actually the last one I saw with Norm, Norm McDonald. I got a kick out of was he's, it was great how he kind of turned around a little bit and had a heckler in the audience. And the guy's out there. He's like, you suck Norm. And he's like, okay, okay, let's just, let's just figure this out. Okay, why do you think I suck? Well, you're not funny. Well, did you not see my stuff before? Like, I've been in the industry for like 10 or 15 years. What were you expecting out of me? <laughs> he's like, well, I saw what I saw some of the stuff on YouTube. And he's like, okay. 
What did you think of that? It was horrible. Well, what are you doing here? Like, <laughs> thanks for your $80. Exactly. Like, thanks for the money. But if you're not here to support me kind of thing, you paid money to be here. It's the same, like, it's the same stupid thing I say all the time whenever I do go off and run or I do go off and am in the Queen City or have taken whatever exercise classes. It's like, I've paid 100 bucks to be here. Yeah. Um, really, I shouldn't have to have the mentality that I put money down that I have to enjoy this. But realistically, I took time out. I put however many hundreds of hours of training in to go off and do this. I've spent a couple hundred bucks on shoes, 50, 60 bucks on headsets. Here's a hundred dollar entry fee. I could have been doing things that were a lot that, that could have still made me healthy but realistically, I really set focus on going off and doing this. And the same thing of, I, I would think an audience member, right? Like I, I just don't get the heckler mentality a little bit, but yeah, like you said, you have those 25, 50 people in there and at least you know that they're going to want to They came out here. They laugh, came right? out to laugh about something. See, yeah, right? that's my only hang up is bombing. But like yeah. if I bomb and I suck, then I, at least I'm like, I'm not as funny as I thought I was. I think for a comedian to bomb, I... I don't know. This is my own. I don't have a bloody clue what they do. I remember we went, I had this comedy thing I went to when I was at Staples and it was, that was the entertainer. So the guy went in there and it was 40 minutes and it was the worst freaking thing I ever saw in my life because what he did was instead of, I think the bonus that you have is you have kind of an odd story. Everyone kind of knows what wrestling is. So you, they have that buy-in. Um, but at least it's you going up there and talking about yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe where you need to make sure that focus is. Because there's a couple things where you maybe need to flush out yourself, kind of introduce yourself, make people kind of interested in what you are. And, you know, like, like any movie, right? Like you, you try and get that... Uh, you try and get that buy-in and that interest of what that person is in the first like 30 seconds or minute and a half. And then follow along with their story and like it. Whereas this guy that I'm getting into with Staples that I remember watching was he basically went up there and I think he maybe said a joke or two and it was like, okay, whatever, warm the audience up. And then he was trying to be a Canadian uh, uh, comedian. He basically went through every province and made fun of every single one of them. Well, here's a national company with basically one person from every province in there representing their store kind of thing. And the jokes he was saying were not really offensive and not really great jokes. But I think in the end, he kind of just insulted everybody through that and tried to make it more about the audience than about himself and have his own humility. Yeah. That it totally threw everybody off. Now, my twisted sense of humor, the thing I still the reason why I remember this and I feel bad about was he got probably about two thirds of the way through his or maybe three quarters of the way through his bit. And it was dead. Nobody was laughing at anything. Yeah. yeah. And he, he was a professional. And this was a guy trying to, this, we paid this guy to be up there and talk to us for 30, 45 minutes and make us laugh. What I feel guilty and bad about was after three quarters of him going through his bit, he went, okay, I got another joke. I think this one you guys will find funny. I lost it. I laughed my ass off. <laughs> Cause I knew the irony of you saying, I'm going to find this funny. 
and you're setting me setting us all up to think that this is funny, it's not going to be funny, buddy. You've just here's your shovel. You might as well have brought a freaking mechanical backhoe and dug yourself a hole and jumped in right you when just you asked said that the- sentence. You just asked for us to find that funny and to laugh for you. You're begging yeah. for it. You're horrible. Get off the stage. Figure out your stuff. I'm hey, I'm happy you went up there and you're brave and you knew there was crickets and you kept going. Yeah. But yeah. You were in a body bag about half the way through. <laughs> yeah. I guess Trevor never, never really he said I did I think it was five, five, seven. I can't he said how many minutes of comedy he did. He's and not, it was okay, a yeah. nice short intro kind of yeah, like yeah. But then I guess he said, then I found out later that the bit had been done somewhere else. Uh, so he's got to go back to the drawing board, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's kind of where, after hearing that, I'm like, I will take from me. Yes. And then it's unique. And I don't have to worry about stealing a bit or, oh, the, I heard that joke in high school, right? Yeah. So, and I kind of like that idea is like crafting it out mm-hmm. of my reality. And that's I, why I would never do it. That's why I wouldn't do stand-up comedy is i i know there's stuff that i've gone through in my life that has been relatively stupid or humorous or whatever stupid ass crap i've done sometimes right but i don't think i could ever stretch them into a three or four minute bit without stealing other people's stuff yeah just because i do watch and read and learn from other people so much and try and look at life that way as opposed to what my own stuff is that i'm scared that i would end up stealing somebody else's crap and then okay well then we're gonna i've sat and fine-tuned this for a year and a half and two-thirds of it's got to get thrown out the window because i didn't realize this is where i got it from yeah well you said 90 minutes was your cap whatever <laughs> we're chatting it's good it wasn't like i think what happened last time though is we hit a spot and i know it just felt like the room dropped. Yeah. And I had that problem one or two times, like at the beginning. One was with you. Uh-huh. Um, the other one was in podcast one with Jason. Yeah. But I, and I think I've said this millions of times, um, I purposely invited him because he's a, he's a local celebrity, yeah. but he's a yeah. celebrity, yeah. right? Yeah. And he's been interviewed by Real Press. Yeah. And so anytime I locked eyes with him with that, like, like the save me look, because I got nothing. <laughs> and I know and I know with you, we yeah. had that. Yeah. And it dropped. We hit that spot and it was, we dropped it. We still did good after we yeah. Once, finished that uh, bit. But talking about the car got things rolling too, yeah. right? Because yeah. then it gets, and I, that was a cool story that I got to learn about you, yeah. right? And like with bringing you, Trevor, or my friends around, I'm learning things about people, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, and it's funny, my one wrestling friend who, God bless him, listens to all this shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> one day he texts me and he goes, man, you got really interesting friends. Mm-hmm. And that makes me feel good, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I'm surrounded some by like either funny, witty, interesting, like they're trade in life like the one guy i know from comic readers joel who i chatted with he does the star wars artwork for for fantasy and he's on the verge of getting on with wizards of the coast yeah um to draw magic cards yeah like as an artist that's That's and a nerd artist right that's big like i bought his book of all the droids like it looks amazing right and then it's cool to have like sign shit by people that he's like no on top of it right right so i'm I'm happy i got my adam west sign yeah on the wall kind of thing so Uh, sadly all i have right here is my autograph (laughs) 
and that was probably my most awkward podcast going in because he was annoyed. Yeah, and my one of my crowning achievements with this podcast, I did eight minutes with him because I felt he didn't want to be there. Yeah, but I won him over, or at yeah. least I yeah. feel I did. Yeah. Like he was like, "Who the fuck's this kid with the mic?" Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then he came around and he saw that I owned his 1986 wrestling figure, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, he's not some fuck. He's he's a fan." Yeah. yeah. I'll sit down. Yeah. And then when I knew his entire career yeah. without like I had shit written out. Yeah. I never opened the book. Yeah. I was just like, this was cool when you did this. Remember when you did this? And he's like, yeah, that's yeah. So, but I mean, the interest on that too, is you get him talking about himself. It's the same thing I said about the comedy. You have to talk about yourself out of that and you can't go out there and trying to talk about those other people. Cause you don't know what they're going to take offense to. Right. Oh yeah. Like, somebody goes out there and talks about being a whatever skidoo person in BC well frick you don't know that the 10 people that are sitting at the table two of them their mothers died because of a skidoo accident well you've just sunk yourself right yeah whereas if you talk about yourself and get into it well then you're just hacking yourself up and nobody can kind of fault you for that so and I do feel it's pretty like like you said everyone knows pro wrestling and yeah. has an idea of it yeah and the atmosphere seen it. Yeah. I was in for mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. was like local little indie wrestling right like yeah so it's more of the carny mentality which Mm -hmm. i think is hilarious and just the way i bumblefucked through that entire experience right Uh like i got hurt so bad three times at least and then went in and broke my leg but it's like i was 36 so it's already like coming Uh up on it doesn't feel like 10 years ago but to like at 36 out of shape and just be like but i was still married and i was seeking something to yeah, like yeah and Been i remember there, yeah. when i came home my wife was like i have not seen you smile like this in ages and it's that seek meaning thing right yeah. like and i was beat up and those on tv they're ropes here they're like elevator cables yeah so my back was like <laughs> hamburger yeah um i kept falling wrong and i did yeah. damage to my one disc and i was still like this is awesome <laughs> <laughs> same thing with krav it was the same bit probably that i was i was kind of seeking out a little bit too and i the mentality to me when i went into it was one i wanted something that was exercise at that time, I wasn't interested in running or just doing something by myself. I know I've never in my history have been great at sports for team stuff. Um, so here's something kind of on your own. You're going to sit. You're going to learn. You're going to have something that maybe you can... I mean, I haven't done it for 10 years, but I can still think of things in my head that I know I would retain if I ended up having an issue or at least to get out of a couple of things. But same. like I, I, went, I remember going into work and my boss, who was about the same age as I was, or I am, um, her going and looking at me because I was wearing a short sleeve shirt and going, what happened? Well, my forearms were purple. Because what we were doing was just defense drills. So somebody would come in and they'd fake kind of hack at you with their forearms onto Mm -hmm. your forearms. Well, then eventually you have like 12 bruises all the way up and down both sides. Same thing. I mean, this probably was 8, 10 years ago. So I've been the same age, 36 kind of thing, trying to find whatever the hell you're trying to find or something different anyways, right? Different taste, different flavor. Um, But yeah, I mean getting the crap kicked out of me repeatedly or the worst i had of that was 
I had a, so we would do kicking drills. So you do a full front kick. Well, I had this guy that was maybe in his mid early twenties, six foot three, six foot four, two ten, relatively lean, but still somewhat muscular. Did a full front kick on my chest. I had a four inch pad that I was hanging on to, and the guy kicked the wind out of me. Remember it, know what it feels like. No, I want to avoid that again. But still going, I'm fine, I'm good. Give me 30 seconds. I'll stand up and we'll continue. I was waiting for you to I was waiting for you to say there was no pad and you had a footprint. <laughs> no, I, I, I probably could have. <laughs> I had a perfect size nine bruise on my chest. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you find those little things, especially at that time of your life, that maybe pumps you a little bit more or a little more like Never was a fighter. Yeah, I don't think you were somebody that probably got in fights in school, were you? No. And yeah, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would, I would put money on my parents being like the pioneers of helicopter parenting. Oh yeah. yeah. Like okay. I was small. We like, I didn't, I was little until Dude, high was, school, yeah, five, but four, I was 120 pounds. Yeah, through I was still grade small, <laughs> weak, <laughs> non-confrontational. Yeah. My parents fought my battles for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why I take pride in kind of turning my shit around now later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I had to be a man. I got divorced. No yeah. one was going to do shit for me. Forties, yeah. a little pathetic to be like, mom, can I borrow 20 bucks? Yeah. And now I have mini me living in this house Mm -hmm. and i'm the one in charge so and i keep talking about but like falling into that jordan peterson stuff because we're all we or at least i feel like we went through the generation of like self-esteem like you've got to have self-esteem feel good about yourself and um when he comes out and he's like you know life does suck and bad things happen to you but if you kind of like buckle down find some meaning and keep trucking right yeah and i like his approach where he's like yeah things can get shitty sometimes like i got bullied but just you, what life is right Suck right it up and so away you go and don't dwell on it too bad so and i remember when i went through marriage counseling and i like when i can get a strange look out of a counselor's face because then you know you're telling them something that's like not the norm that they hear and i kind of told him this story about like i felt like i was such a weak kid when i moved here and we all moved into the dorm together i felt like that was my opportunity to recreate myself and i became a different person purposefully but was that a genuine representation of me Mm -hmm. or was it me finally feeling okay enough to bring the curtain down yeah and it was kind of this like i built a wall because i didn't want to be weak anymore and when i look back i was i think i became a bit of a bully though too Mm -hmm. as a preemptive measure from being bullied for so long and there are people from luther that i honestly believe i would owe like an apology to Mm -hmm. if not anything like Billy Madison, so someday they don't snap oh, yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> have a chocolate bar, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, they don't yeah. snap and murder me. But like yeah, it's weird. Like I honestly rebuilt myself from the bottom up. And when I explained that to the psychologist, they're like, What do you mean you like re yeah. You 
mentally decided to become a different person. I'm like, it was kind of like, I'm not the little frail kid from back home anymore. I mean, the thing is, is you're at least out of that, that space that's consistently that way as well, right? Like you can change gears a lot easier because now you're not stuck in, here's these 12 people that don't think much of you. So it's a lot easier to, like you said, you can reset and restart and maybe feel a little bit more in your own skin because you don't have these other people telling you you're something that you don't think you really are. Yeah. But yeah, I just don't know if the viciously sarcastic, because I think that's how I would describe myself during yeah. that time. I don't know if he was always in there mm-hmm. or if it was just me like being a prick. Cause yeah. yeah. Like I said, we kind of became notable people in the building. Was I just being a dick about it? Yeah. Some people did deserve it. I'm sure Dave Richards does not listen to this. <laughs> um, and at least I admired that I had a spine enough not to tolerate shit from people yeah, like that. Yeah. But we had such a great... I could go on about our cast and crew there, like, literally around that second south dorm. Mm-hmm. I probably enjoyed 98% of the people. Yeah, yeah. But there's like me, you, Cam, Clary, Mouse, Hosapple... Yeah. Um, Neil. Well, it was the same, but we all kind of had that same little bit of background. At least we were, we enjoyed the geek culture before the, the hint of nerd culture, was in there. Yeah, yeah, before the geek culture became the the mainstream kind of thing. Because a lot of that stuff was it was there, but it wasn't nearly as accepted as I would say now. Like I know I look at, I don't know, and maybe it's I'm looking at it wrong. I look at people that are 10 years younger than us and i think they have a lot more of the mentality of that that stuff's a lot more acceptable than where we were oh for sure out of it and but again i mean you look at time frames realistically like what star wars came out in 77 that would be i'd say the beginning of the sort of acceptable part of the nerd culture out of it but still you still had the star trek stuff that was before that and that wasn't as embraced kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like, and they had a great moral compass kind of behind it, and but it still is the different level of the nerds, right? Yeah. I don't know. I liked it, though. Like, But yeah, like, back home, the whole fun was getting shit-faced mm-hmm. and falling over in a field. I wasn't allowed to do it. Yeah. But it's funny. I told my mom... A while ago, I'm like, I actually appreciate now you being so strict back then because I'm like, I'm not, nothing of that would have carried forward into any meaningful, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I kind of developed into myself later in life. So I'm like, maybe you were a little too protective of me at some points. Like, mm-hmm. let me get yeah. some <laughs> of yeah, a backbone as own. a kid. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, I, yeah. And I, like you said, we were kind of on the cusp of that nerd culture being accepted where when you were little, you kind of got outcast for yeah, it. Yeah. And, and I don't know, my own little bit is I could go look at it and go, I was in a grad class of 10 people. I look at that guy and go, well, he was the farmer guy. I look at that, those two, three guys over there and go, those were the jocks. I look at that guy over there and he was maybe the whatever accepted cool guy that wasn't really a nerd or a jock or whatever or that but was a little more accepted with everybody well that girl over there was probably the prissy one and that one was the smart one well i was the comic book nerd yeah and but that's what i kind of found hard that was in a small town you didn't have somebody to sit down and talk about nerd stuff with and going to luther and going to university was neat to kind of 
see that people are interested in that and even get me on into the interest of other stuff of like you when you were taking your film stuff and when Dave was in film there was a whole other realm of stuff that I just didn't even know it existed and intro and and found enjoyable just of okay well the reason why you like this movie and that movie and that movie is because these are the directors what the hell's a director yeah so then you start bleeding back that or same kind of thing of i mean you have your comic book guys that you like and you read and, and enjoyed and i can think of the same kind of thing when when i was reading batman it was back when bray Fogel was drawing stuff that was the art that I liked and enjoyed, and that was Batman to me. And I mean, it got a little bit the, the old school stuff and Neil Adams he kind of liked because that was just what the nerd guys liked because it was out of the seventies and early eighties. Um, but again, I mean, you have your own guys that you like too, and you grew up with Batman on. Yeah, but in in a small town, and being in the nerd culture a little bit, I don't know. I don't think you found that acceptance of here's somebody that you can actually talk to and relate off of and learn something. And that's why I, that's why I do that is I sit back and I learn other things and see other things and go, okay, well, here's another perspective of this thing that I like. So let's delve into this side of it a little bit and kind of learn from it instead. So I dare to say we were the first to get wasted while playing clay fighter. Probably. (laughs) probably up there (laughs) like even just to think back because that was like super nintendo Mm -hmm. and sega genesis yeah like for us to have those fully structured like hockey leagues and just weird shit like that but that was still intertwined with college partying Mm -hmm. but it was like it was a strange hybrid it's not what you saw on tv as like or even in the states to this day with like frats and insane parties Mm -hmm. like it wasn't about that. Like you said, we were a well-knit and well... It was so weird. Like, I really want to know if it was just names out of a hat. Because you got put on first north. Yes. There was a couple other... But that, And I was also put with Larry and with a lot of those guys with the same mentality. But it felt like the south guys were more nerds and the north side was it like... It was the questionnaire. There was a Luther questionnaire that you had. I filled out a questionnaire. You filled out a questionnaire. (laughs) I remember filling out the questionnaire. It's like, here, what do you do? What are your hobbies? What do you like? Well, if you filled filled in, I like pounding back a 12-pack of Pilsner. Well, here you go. Here's First North. Have a nice night. (laughs) I like getting drunk and and, puking and... Setting bears on fire. Tipping cows over. Yeah. Chopping trees down. I honestly don't remember there being a questionnaire. There was a questionnaire. And I remember (laughs) reading on there and it's like... I'm in cadets and I do drill and I like to swim and I read to get, like to read comic books. And then I'm like put with all these guys and I'm like, ah, that's why they asked the questionnaire so that I'm sat with a bunch of other like-minded people. Who is the other Dave? Dave Swerp. Dave. No. The music Hosel, guy. Dave. Or was it the other guy. Nathan? That was the other Nathan. Oh, right. He Dagenhart was... was the other, was a saxophone guy. That's him. Yeah. Yes. Because... I always remember the comment that he made where he's like, that's why the saxophone guys never get laid. We're in the back playing the saxophone while they're having sex making the porn. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, nice. (laughs) I guess, yeah, because, yeah, maybe the structured guys were in your area. The the fuck-ups were on the other side. Yeah. But then, yeah, like Second North was such a eclectic group because that was a, like yeah. marcel and them yeah like but it might have been i don't know 
I'm sure there was some at least random picking a little yeah. bit of, and, and probably what it was is like, okay, well, here's the guy. I don't know. Maybe Kaderman knows a little better as well because he was at least, well, Cam might know. Do they sit down like freaking trading cards and go, okay, here's 15 <laughs> <Draft>. things. <laughs> here's a draft. Here's the three guys I think you're interested in. You give me four guys. Yeah, I'll give you two over here and away we go. And okay, we each got whatever your quad was 25 yeah. guys that are relatively interesting that are saying they have the same kind of ideas so at least we're not i mean throwing the freaking kkk member beside the the black kid exactly yeah, yeah fair enough <laughs> <laughs> let's let's throw the guy that loves comic books and sleeping in or doing homework beside the guy that's going to end up trashing beer cans on his forehead every night so yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't remember the questionnaire. I remember but, the questionnaire. But it would make sense. Mm-hmm. And if it was anything like grade three gym, I would have been the last pick. Yeah, well, that's about <laughs> where I would have been, too. I wouldn't even pick myself first, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, is the arm going to die? Gonna get, am I gonna get, should I wear a cup? Am I going to get canned? I can't afford that. <laughs> I didn't even sign a waiver or nothing. <laughs> I can sue. <laughs> Or do I get off the Maybe hook? you need a waiver. <laughs> ah, fuck. I'm amazed anyone listens. Like, one of my li- things to do is I want to kind of do, like... Because it's been a year and a half, right? I kind of want to do an update of, like, where I'm at and what's going on. But, like, it's... I don't know. I kind of hit a wall. But it was around the same time that I started focusing on my fitness. Yeah. And so that kind of became the priority that I was doing. But, like, I still yeah. enjoy this. Mm-hmm. I still like having people over, chatting it. Um, until I stop getting like I'm averaging a hundred listeners a month, right? Yeah. So like somebody likes something, right? Mm-hmm. Like fuck, I just got someone in the Ukraine stumbled Sweet. across me. <laughs> the only stat it doesn't give me, um, and I think some programs do it. They say, oh, it's YouTube. We'll give you like analytics of like eighty people clicked on it, seventy made it to minute one. Mm-hmm. 60 made it to i want analytics like that because like like the guy in serbia like he had to How did he exactly yeah like, he accidentally he must have, this thing right he probably got as far as <laughs> welcome to the po- right yeah done, done right yeah. like yeah. so but it still counts as a hit kind of like how like websites okay, count yeah, clicks yeah, yeah, yeah so i would love analytics of like who, like there are people that say like I like this and this, yeah. so I know they're listening to it. Or there's people like Cam who listen to it over like yeah. I'll listen to eight minutes here and then the next. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. or I'll that's keep- what life ends up giving you for freaking two hours, and he has two kids. So yeah, and I love that now people can commute and listen to a podcast yeah. or yeah. commute and listen to a book. Like you talk about how much you like reading, I realize. I don't like reading as much anymore, but I went and got um, the Google app for audiobooks. Yeah. Um, and so I down, I've i never read The Hobbit. I didn't watch the movie. I'm like, I'm downloading The Hobbit. So when I'm walking the lake every day, mm-hmm. boom. You get a little piece of it. Yeah. 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 And I like, and that's why I like these longer form because people can sectionalize it. Mm-hmm. And if they're enjoying me, they can keep listening to that one. Yeah. But I feel I'm kind of all over the place. Like sometimes it's friends, sometimes it's the art guy, sometimes it's pro wrestlers. Mm-hmm. But like I think 
I do have people that are solid subscribers, right? And I feel they know, like, they know what my five interests are now, and or they yeah. find me entertaining. Yeah. So. Well, and or who else you bring along, too, so. Mm-hmm. I think, oh my God, we're pushing two hours. Okay, we're done. Yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> um, you Thank can find you, me Cincinnati. on Twitter at <laughs> Connor Savage. Um, I set up a Patreon, and I'll probably never make a penny on it, but there is a Patreon for the Paul Connor Savage experience that I've never remembered to bring up until this time. Um, you can find me at a random street corner. And since Canada does not have pennies anymore, you can throw nickels. <laughs> is throw that part of the inflation? <laughs> throw me the beaver. Oh, we're done.